Roller Derby. Roller Girls, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, Kaylee, but I picked up so many amazing names in this episode. I yes. want to address them because they're awesome. Our, our girls and our guys, just so many names. So, yes, as I said, saying earlier, this is a Roller Derby episode. And if you know anything about Roller Derby, you know that... Roller derby people, girls predominantly, get very specific, like, uh, roller derby names. And they played into that in this episode in all the beauty of the world. So, first of all, the team is called the Santa Barbarians. Ooh, love it. (laughs) I didn't notice it until uh, it was on a sticker on the back of a truck later on in the episode, but that was good. Um, But... We end up with one of our people undercover, and she goes by Maniac. There is Miss Anthropy. Oh, I wrote that wrong. I wrote at one point Misanthropy, and I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Miss Anthropy. There's Seven Deadly Cinderella, which I think might be a team name or a group name. There is one named Denise Kamikaze Fox, and she mostly goes by Fox and Kamikaze. We have Toxic Waste, Bloody Holly, Speed Freak, Valencia Orange, and... Valencia? Is it like, is it like violence? It's Valencia, yeah, the way you said it. Love. And then, uh, because we, we can't not have a pop culture reference, Lethal Weapon. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> I I love it I tagged as many names as I could in my notes and highlighted them I think I just said all the ones I have tagged if I have uh, or if I find more later I will oh, find yeah. those but Please. definitely love I love Bloody Holly uh, love Seven Deadly Cinderella and then of course Lethal Weapon like what else are we going to do Violencia Orange I okay so I love puns. I I'm not always I'm not always quick enough for, for creating them, <laughs> but I love that roller derby and drag. What they have in common is punny names. Yes, or the opportunity at least for punny names. Um, and I think that intersection is like a sweet spot for me. <laughs> I love roller derby. I love drag. <laughs> so. When we get to the end of the episode, if I don't bring this up, remind me to bring it up because I have a funny name story for you that's somewhat punny that I definitely picked up from this show. And I'll I'll tell you the whole story later. Please do. I'm very excited. Um, Before we get started, because we will soon, I just wanted to say Roller Derby really had a moment at this time in history. This episode aired September 5th, 2008, and in 2009, the Drew Barrymore-directed movie Whip It, based on the book Derby Girl, came out. So, much like you swing dancing and swing jazz before it, Roller Derby was really having its cyclical moment, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and I think it's going to come back around. Like, Please. <laughs> I don't really know when, but it will. And I know that Roller Derby is like... A thing. There's a team in the city up the road, and so I've gone and seen them a couple times. It took me a hot minute to figure out what they were doing, but it was good. Is okay. We'll ask this, but is Henry good at explaining like the very basic idea? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
the details that I have are a little bit heavier. Okay, um, nice. But but as far as basic is concerned, okay. yeah, it, it's the awesome. one girl with the star on the head tries to get past everyone else. I'm so excited! I love it. There is a, well, I guess we can talk a little bit more about roller derby later. Oh, we will. Okay. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start the show then. Showtime. Sure. Okay. This is to the blueberry. I am Alexis, and I'm a real life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real life Sean. We are a real life best friend duo who decided that we would start a podcast about our favorite show, Psych. Just so we had a good reason to talk to one another every week. Spoiler: It worked. If I can uh, shamelessly plug my other podcast right here, I. Yeah, Kaylee's making a face. I have recorded the first episode of Talk Tech with Data Dave, which is my company's podcast. Oh, that's fun. Yes. So Data Dave is actually our chief technology officer. And so I get to sit and ask him questions and learn for like 15 minutes. And it's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. Shameless plug. There it is. Talk Tech with Data Dave. Season three, episode seven, Talk Derby to Me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Is that Guns N' Roses talk dirty to me? I really could not tell you. Because the only, like, I'm so poisoned by modern pop culture that I hear Jason Derulo in my head. <laughs> I don't even think I know what that is. I mean, that would make sense. They they wear so much eye makeup. It's a very, like, sort of like a hair, nail, like, vibe. Okay, so when I searched talk talk dirty to me the song that i was singing did not pop up but uh jason Derulo did <laughs> it must have because some of these lyrics are <laughs> very yes. oh explicit. yeah they are um chest I, to chest tongue on neck um boat or jet what do you expect <laughs> so it's oh it's I poison mean, there we go poison gotcha that could be either no, oh, I, I think that that's the... that's the Jason Derulo. He has features on the song. There are other people on the song. Okay, it's it's a bop. <laughs> I... It's a dirty, dirty bop. <laughs> we can cut we can cut my part out of this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. Look at us. I'm learning stuff right now. Okay, 1987. Henry is calling for little baby Sean and little baby Gus, dressed so ridiculously for a child, just walks slowly into the room and he's like, Gus. What are you doing here? I'm representing Sean in this situation. <laughs> Sean! Sean, get in here! <laughs> Something is missing. Henry took it. And it's up to Sean to find out what it was. Sean goes, Dad, you robbed me? You are not being robbed. Rob means to be taken by force or fear. And I'm afraid of nobody. And nothing in this room. And um, that says, so you're a burglar. No, a burglar involves breaking in. This is a theft, pure and simple. So Sean does his little scanny scan. He's kind of worried, honestly. But then he notices some evidence. Like Henry knew he, or well, wanted him to. And he's like, my baby gun, you thief. I told you not to play with it in the yard. And so I took it and you're not getting it back. But you said. Thieves always lie. Remember that. How'd you know I was playing with it out in the backyard? Gus, little baby Gus's face. 
They both just look at Gus. Yeah. <laughs> like Gus, like why would you rub out your friend? But I probably would have too. <sighs> Hence why I'm a Gus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was surprised by that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, you would? Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, yeah, you would. <laughs> so we're in the present now, and we see the storefront of a store called Zilks. Now, in a minute, we're gonna learn that this looks like a department store on the inside, but on the outside, this looks like a Zales jewelry store not big enough to house the goods of a jc so i started calling it a antique shop because that's mm. kind of what i thought it was but i think you're right i think it's like more of a, a belk or a right. jc penny or a macy's even i wrote zilk's department store and then we see um a big um square jawed night guardsman walking around He's, he's very um, contemporary attractive, you know, yeah. like, yeah, kind of cookie cutter, but like, you know, easy on the eyes. And all of a sudden someone comes up behind him and smacks him in the head. It's really hard. Everything is being taken. It's obvious that it's some sort of gang that is working together to get the information because one of them has like a beeping watch and then does this hand signal, time's up, they're all out of there. I wrote smash and grab because they break so much glass. Yes, they do. Oh, okay. So the next day we're there and um, Juliet is asking the guard who we find out his name is Stuart Coburn. So we're going to call him Stuart because I love screaming that (laughs) name. And um, she's just like, okay, so what have we got? What kind of description? He's like, oh, those guys were so big and scary. She goes, but you said you didn't get a really good look at them? Lassiter 100% agrees based on the way the uh the the place looks like it had had been a smash and grab like it was it was big guys. Uh but then Lassiter looks at the mannequins and one just looks a little off. And then he <laughs> looks again and the same one has moved. It's so funny he walks over to it. I just wrote LL Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Sean said Right now, I'm putting my hand in my pocket, sans thumb, and pointing at the imaginary seagull. We find out that the chief called him. And this was the third break-in of this kind in the past amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't really have a good timeline for this either, but there's been a string of robberies. And um, Sean says, we need to check the surveillance. What did Lassiter say? He goes, oh, did your vision tell you that? He goes, no, the chief, keep up with me. At one point, he says something about the mannequin giving him information. The mannequin whose name is Tracy with an I. <laughs> they, he hops down. He has on a cowboy hat. And we see Gus and he's studying for his RXREPRX. Yes. I um, don't his remember what exam, It's his pharmaceutical rep recertification exam. And... Um, because Sean said, Gus, I need your attention. And Gus is like, you know I have to study. And Sean Sean was says, supposed to help him. Study. Oh, yeah. Sean had promised to help him. And now the back of the book is filthy with green slime. Yes. What is this green slime on the back of your books? Did you just come from the Kids' Choice Awards? Love that. Yes. They're all crammed in this little tiny surveillance room. Like, Ooh, before we go into the dark books. room, I wrote Stripes and Plow. Oh. <laughs> That makes sense. 
<laughs> Sean introduces himself as a psychic and treasurer of the American Worker Council. He's up for re-election on a rattan platform. On the tape, Lassiter sees them like going around and doing these hand signals, and he's like, "That's a lariat move. These guys are ex-military, no question." So they ID who seems like the leader because of the hand signals. Juliet says she sees a pattern, and then she quickly escapes the tiny room. She's like, "All right, you got this. Bye." Yeah, she she's mad, and she's like, "Come up with something. I'm out." Lassiter says we need to check all the paramilitary groups the security contractors and the ROTC. And Sean says, also the Santa Barbara ladies on Sillery. Oh, they're women. <laughs> BT dubs. <laughs> he got that from uh, something on someone's pieces of clothing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what that was, but he did this, like, I always call it his psych out, but when he, like, notices the teensy tiny mm-hmm. detail. And, yeah, I don't know what that was. But then we're in the dressing room, and I- Gus is like, like, Man capris? I, I just wrote man capris? Okay, so though you don't remember those terrible plaid shorts everyone was wearing in 2000-whatever? I kind of remember women wearing them, but I they don't... They look like golf shorts, right? Like, they're too long. Any recollection, yeah, of men wearing them that long. Like, oh, yeah. like above Full the knee, board shorts. Oh. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah, man capris, that's what I'm calling them. <laughs> These are 31s, and they're pulling right through here. Give me a 32. Gus, so is, Gus like, is Oh, oh God. I was going to say, Gus is like, there's no way those were women. That takes a lot of muscle to do that damage. Sean has a, a zoom-in moment where he sees these tracks on the floor. Yeah, marks. And he goes, oh, I got this. Sean has suspects and sets off the alarm. So oh, because the- they're leaving when he's still wearing his man capris. Well, he's wearing the man capris. He never got the 32s, by the way. <laughs> so we head to the SBPD, and he's just told Chief about his uh, suspects, and she says, 80? Can't we uh, narrow it down a bit? It's a click, a sisterhood of the Yaya variety. It's going to take uh, more than a smile and a pack of pomals to get these ladies to talk. Sean realizes he needs help, and Lassie is in. He's so amped, and he's like, you know I'm good at the tough-to-crack suspects. <laughs> Sean's like, we cannot go about this using the Lassiterian technique. He basically says, we need to get someone on the inside. Specifically, someone undercover. She and was like, so you want to go undercover? He said, not exactly me, and Lassiter was like, again, I'm in. Pick me! Pick me! Pick me! <laughs> I have a mustache guy. <laughs> Sean's like, I love where your head's at, but I only have one question. And he looks directly at Juliet and goes, Can you skate? Immediately at the roller derby, Juliet is on her skates and just straight up elbows an opponent. She is skating around, glaring like a freaking shark. I did see a note in Amazon that said that in those close up shots, where we see Juliet skating, she's not skating. She's actually being pulled on wheels with the camera in front of her. But oh, I would hope so. At the at the far out shots, it is actually Juliet skating. Cool, yeah. Or it is actually actually Maggie Lawson skating. Love that for her. But then we get our credits. Juliet is killing it. I just wrote violence. <laughs> this is where we start to get our cool names. Mm-hmm. And then we also find out that Henry is really into roller derby. So Henry's on the sidelines screaming, and Sean 
says there is no, I can think of no better assignment. They said that there were some um, suspects once before from Seven Deadly Cinderella, but they it, it didn't go anywhere. And he's kind of checking out them and he notices the the damage, the hand signal, the marks on the floor. And he realized that they're really organized as a team. Yeah, that's Henry Astron, how he got Chief to get back on board with this line of thinking. And those are the things that Sean had to point out. But he had to pepper a little a little roller derby spice. What, what is it he says? Uh, the marks from the 62 oh, centimeter. Yeah. I didn't write it down. It was very specific. It was very specific. It was just it kind of about the wheel. Um, and then Henry says, you're so sure it's one of these teams? They were the only two teams that were off all of the nights of the break-ins. Yeah, just look at the schedule of the games. Um, he actually offered for Gus to take this line of questioning, and Gus is, like, deep in his exam book still. So, um, let's see, Sean... Henry. Henry has a, a very ugly Henry moment. But I'm not going to talk about some of the language he uses, but I will say that he knows so much about roller derby because he used to do security back in the day for the roller derby teams. I'm going to say I don't I don't mind the stuff he says here. Really? Yeah, I don't... Okay, I don't... <laughs> I've never minded women being called broads. Oh, I don't like that at all. I don't know where it comes from. I'm sure it has terrible misogynistic undertones. But if you call a girl a woman a broad or a battle axe, I'm like, yeah, she can punch you up. And we can cut that person out. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't know, I find it strangely empowering. Like, it just, like, it doesn't sound like a dainty little something, so. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't care for it, because I, I, I guess I'm with you. I meant, uh, like, originally that was a really derogatory thing, and, and Sean does kind of call him out on it. He's like, yeah, we brought you here so that you could say broad a hundred times. <laughs> I guess I'm just taking that back for myself then, and just like, I can say it. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it because I love Henry and I don't think he means it in a bad way. But he also is like annoyed because I guess it's a little too pretty nowadays. This is like a fashion show. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he goes back in the day. They really, they could really get the job done. They and uh, these girls can't hit. <laughs> Henry explains how it works. And the, the long and short of it is there is a, a woman with a star on her head. And she has to get in front of the other team members, the other team's team members. And if she can get ahead of them, they get points. And both, both girls have a, I think that girl is called a striker. And they both have to get in front. The details are basically, like, the more you can lap them, the better. Uh, but it's getting through the herd that's the really hard part. Because things happen like uh, you throw elbows at people. So, okay. So, what is a jammer then? Oh, it is a jammer. Thank you. Okay. But there is a striker? I Maybe the strikers are the people who are blocking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that much. I would love to know more. It is a jammer. It is a jammer. The other thing, and I don't quite remember how this can happen. But at some point in the in the rumble in the mob, you can take off the panty, which is what the star is called that's on the helmet, because it's removable, and you can pass it to another person, and they can become the jammer and push through. Mm. So I know that's kind of also a thing you can do, but I don't exactly know like when you're allowed to do that. 
I don't know. Go watch some roller derby and report back. <laughs> uh, let us know everything that I said wrong at to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, so we're seeing, uh, one character, I think it's Fox, bend down and take a piece of tape off of herself and then put it on a member of the opposite team. And that is like a target on her back. Yes. Yes. So Fox is marking them for a hit. And then that's when the strikers go after that person and try to knock them down. And ideally what that does is creates a opening for the jammer to get through. Gotcha. Yes. So... They get up, and um, Henry is way too into the, the bout, I guess they called it. Yes. And um, so Gus is like, so what are we doing now? And Sean goes, well, Sean goes, right now we are both growing mustaches very slowly, and we're investigating. So that's two mustache references in this episode. I don't think there yeah. are any more, but they were pretty close back to back, and I found that kind of funny. I must ask you to stop with references. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm in rare form. Forgive. Gus is super worried that if they hang around the derby, they are going to blow Juliet's cover. So yeah, Sean's this like, is her case. No worries. We're going to go investigate the women's locker room. They kind of do their sneaky sneak into the locker room, through the locker room. Gus is supposed to be the lookout. While Sean is in, he finds a broken watch in Fox's. Locker. Locker. And then he finds reggae cruise tickets from August 7th in someone else's locker. <laughs> Toxic Waste, is that was her name. We, I think we find her out, yeah. Later. Yes. And then she comes in and Sean has to like hide. Once she leaves, we go through a bunch of other people's lockers. We already talked about all the names. And then walk back outside with Sean where he looks at Gus and says, worst lookout ever. You didn't just see her go in there? Um, when we're back out in the, I guess, arena section, Sean is looking at certain team members and <laughs> Gus accuses him of leering and he goes, this is for the investigation. They're all scraped and cut up from the robbery and burglarizing. Bur- burglarization? Burglarizing. <laughs> Gus said, no, it's because we- they just went through the bout. It's a full contact sport, Sean. But some of these bruises are underneath elbow pads, and one yes, girl scrapes. specifically looks like she has glass cuts on her. And then the, the timing girl or the, the score girl who holds up the scorecards, who's dressed like Little Miss Muppet or something, um, <laughs> Gus is actually leering at her, and Sean calls him out on it. Early on, early on in this scene, the other people on the on the team are congratulating. Juliet, I, aka Maniac, on how well she did. And they were like, Where did you learn how to skate? And she said, Oh, the college skating team and Xanadu. <laughs> and the one girl goes, I get it. <laughs> I didn't want to miss that good reference. Yeah, very good reference. Also, that movie is unwatchable. Um... <laughs> Sean tells her, Sean tells Juliet that she found something in the locker room, quote, which is a place I've always wanted to hang out. So it's a win win. Yeah, we know he's got a thing for it. We just did episode two. Yes, that's what I was about to say. Now, Kaylee, let's talk about the locker room from the last episode. Between (laughs) me taking my notes for this episode and now, I re-listened to our two recording and our three recording. And so my brain was a little scattered. I was like, I don't know what episode this is. (laughs) Yeah, we're a little all over the place. Yeah, All kinds of time machine. But um, Jules 
reprimand Sean. She basically says, listen, if you're going to be my partner on this, if we're going to be a team, we're going to do things my way because I'm the lead detective here. Wild and Vox come up, which are two of the other team members who we'll get to know a lot throughout this episode. And Vox is like, I know who he is. And they all kind of freak out. And then she said, he's a gawker. There's always something off about them. Clothes, hair, teeth. You've just named my top three. What does he say? You just named my three best features. Fourth on the list, posture. Fifth, elocution. Elocution. (laughs) So they're basically like, is this guy bothering you, maniac? And he goes, no. Maniac, maniac 19. Pro tem for the maniac fan club. This is my vice president, Long Branch Penny Whistle. I was just trying to score some FaceTime, you know, for the blog. They have 689 hits on their blog. And climbing. Juliet goes, I was just about to give them an interview. It was only two words. And they're like, ha 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 ha. And then Sean slides something in as, as Wild and Fox walk away. He said, see you tonight and bring the outfit. One, One of, of us, us might, might wear it. it. I fangirled so hard for their chemistry in this episode. It's really, really, really good. It almost broke me. Yeah. Um, and then Julia awkwardly screams, get lost! And then looks around to make sure people notice and then rides off all tough on her skates. <laughs> My notes say, Juliet tries to be hard. <laughs> so that's why I love this next scene so much. We're back at the SBPD. And Chief says, O'Hara, please. And O'Hara gets up, still in her outfit and on her skates, and rolls into Chief's office. Chief is like, please take those off. And then starts <laughs> reading a report, stops herself and says, later, did you break someone's nose? She said, should we be concerned about safety? Is this maybe a mistake? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, everything's fine. We're friends now. She has a cat. And she also says, I'm getting really great stuff. Also, that was a clean hit. She curved into my wingspan. Um... and um jules says these ladies have priors i'm doing my research aggravating assault um just all kinds of like semi-violent stuff and chief's face isn't really getting any better and jules is like bottom line like i can handle myself chief vic is worried because juliet goes a little bit too hard when she goes undercover Johnny Brasco. <laughs> Sorry, there's a there's a, a movie about Johnny Depp going undercover and getting in too deep. It's called Johnny Brasco and it's got Al Pacino in it. Oh, I was going to refer to Scary Sherry. Well, yeah, that's the episode. Where but, she does, in yeah. fact, go too deep. But there we go. I like that pop culture reference. That wasn't there, <laughs> Kaylee. That's a win for, for you. Okay. Juliet says, no, Chief, it's great. Roller derby is better than therapy. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing. To which I say, go to therapy! Yes. She knows the teammates aren't making much money as roller derbyers. One who roller derbies, roller derbyers. And they meet all the criteria for this kind of break-in. And Chief Vic is like, I need some proof soon. Wait a second. This is a typo, right? $800 for skates? Does it help at all if I say the other ones weren't at all cute? I want to pin this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, I do. So then Juliet gets a phone call and she's like, yeah, yeah, I can be there. Yeah, I can keep it under wraps. And then we go to the side house. Where there's like some swanky music playing and the table is set with candles. and The light is dimmed. 
Juliet thinks that Sean might be on a date, and then he's like, "No, no, 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 no! This is this is for you." Um, I thought you might be hungry, and I just totally just threw this together. <laughs> Juliet's like, "I'm onto something." Toxic waste called me, and Sean said, "Great, we have all night to talk about it." Javerste Miner, Javerste Miner, Gaverste Miner. What is that German champagne? I'm confused because then later he put strawberries in it. Okay, well then I'd say he's probably. like popping strawberries in it, and then Jules is like, "No, I are those crab cakes." Yes, made with dill and coriander. Yeah, and that's where he puts the strawberry in the champagne. And then Jules is like, "No, no, 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 no! I got the call um, from Toxic Waste, whose name is Shelly, and Sean's like, "No, don't go," because he knows this is the reggae fangirl and it's not involved with this case at all he's like don't go to that that's a waste of your time i psychically know a thing it's not what you think it is sit down have some endive jewel says okay listen this is my call and these things can get sticky fast you're either in or you're out oh okay wait but sean asks sticky how (laughs) i think i missed that i like (laughs) (laughs) i love that part but yeah, uh, she says, are you in or are you out? Then she takes a crab cake and runs. We are outside some sort of warehouse with Juliet, Sean, and all of SPPD, including Lassiter. And Juliet thinks even if it's not a burglary that's going on inside this warehouse, it's definitely some sort of illegal activity. Sean again tries to jump in. And he's like, Jules, this ain't it. And they're doing a sting. And he's like, "This, oh, God, it's a mistake. Let's not waste our time. Maybe. Lasseter is like, get him out of my way. We will wait for your signal. It's a music video shoot. <laughs> light this candle. Yes, it's a music video <laughs> shoot, and uh, Chief Vic is livid. But Sean totally takes the dive for Juliet. Chief Vic is ready to pull the plug, and Lasseter's like, I want in on this. Let me in. I can help. Yeah, Sean makes a joke, and um, Chief tells Lasseter he's never more obvious than when he's undercover. Perhaps you've forgotten the prosthetic nose debacle of 2005. Oh. So, Sean psychs out a little bit on the files that he can see upside down on Vic's desk. They are a log of the stolen items, and Juliet's like, listen, I I think I have a small list of suspects. Three yeah, suspects. Yeah, Sean's like, there's three, teammates. or four, yeah. five, maybe six. Maybe six. Teammates, friends, pen pals, solid suspects. Chief says, you don't get paid by the suspect. We're not trying to add any suspects. Answer, by close of tomorrow, uh, no extensions, no takebacks, no more incidents. Dismissed. Well, Juliet, thanks, Sean, for taking the fall for her. It's so cute. But Sean says, that's what partners do. I can't even count the number of times. Gus has left my cheese out in the wind. No worries. Gus is still studying. And... Mm -hmm. Sean's like, you can repay me in the form of one of these cool bracelets. It's a dirty thing. Westwood gave it to me. Also, it doesn't come in teal, apparently. Here's the deal. Sean's like, you have to stop pulling rank on me and ordering me around, and smoothies are on you until we nab someone. Um, but Juliet wants in on his process. And he goes, look, close is good. Close, very close is even better. But not with my process. It's not a tandem bike, Jules. It's a unicycle. Which is kind of a bash to Gus, if I do say so myself. It is. Gus isn't paying attention, which is the only reason he can get away with saying these things. 
Sean's like, I, I have this strong feeling it might be Fox. Juliet said, but she's always with Westwood. She's always with Westwood and Wild. And Sean's like, good, keep an eye on them too. So back at the psych office, we're getting the see-through whiteboard, <laughs> which I love for the, uh, the filming of the beginning of the shot. And it's the list from his psych out in Chief's office, but it's making absolutely no sense to him. They stole a DVD of Spanglish. Like, it's clearly not about the merchandise. He calls Gus some names because he's not helping at all, and and instead he's he's studying. Oh, Gus is like, I have to get through this test. Besides, you're doing perfectly fine with your new partner. Oh, Sean says, don't be jelly. You know you're still number one on my MySpace. <laughs> and then he sees the green stuff on the back of his book. And he gets a flashback. Actually, two flashbacks. One was definitely to, quote, Speed Freak's locker, which, which was Wilde's locker, uh, where he found this, like, green oil that she uses as lubricant on her skates. And the other is where he, Gus first noticed, or he first noticed the green goo from the crime scene on Gus's exam book. So now he knows that Fox and Wild, the watch and the oil, are definitely into it. But he doesn't want to go to the police yet until they figure out who all of the suspects are. Yeah, there's at least three others. We've got five total. And if we don't get them all, they'll just keep doing their thing. That's the oath of thieves, Gus. That is the code of the roller So I don't know if I, I used this language or the show did, but I wrote, they won't roll. And I, I meant, like, they won't roll on one another. If we just bring two of them in, they're not going to tell anyone else. They're not going to roll on anyone else. And then in my brain, I was like, ha, 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 roll. <laughs> I don't think that was in the show. Okay. Um, Good. That was me. I'm funny to myself. There's a really, really random moment where Gus is like, I really never thought I'd hear you say that. And then Gus, or Sean says, even more than sinkholes, sissy foot, flapjack, go-go-boos. But he calls Juliet. Juliet. <laughs> there is no answer. And uh, Gus, you're eating crab cakes that are like three days old. They can't be. He wouldn't feed three-day-old crab cakes to Jules, and that was just last night. Also, right, because I think, I think they he's had just to have trolling an by tomorrow. Yeah. He's trolling Gus. That's what that is. Because he's really enjoying those crab cakes, and it makes me want crab cakes. <laughs> At the roller derby, uh, Fox is giving Juliet some advice. Mostly about hurting other people during practice, and Juliet is being Juliet about it. We don't want <laughs> to hurt people during practice, right? I forget what the response is from Fox. It's pretty ruthless. Yeah. If somebody has to get elbowed, just make sure it's not you. <laughs> um, but Juliet notices that Westwood is missing, and Fox said she had to leave early. I think there's something up with her mom being sick. And I just wrote, but... but um, before practice commences, Juliet's like, oh, I uh, just got to grab something from my locker. In the locker room, uh, we run into Westwood, a.k.a. Lethal Weapon. And she is packing up a bag and she's like, uh, I have to meet my boyfriend. He's having car troubles. Yeah, he's stuck out on the Mesa somewhere. Um, lies. So Fox said mom. Westwood said boyfriend. Lies. I like that kid. <laughs> Juliet is, um, I don't know, psyching out herself a little bit, and she sees that the ceiling tile is ajar above her locker. So she crawls on up there and in her investigates. Skates. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe she's on top of something on her knees in her defense. No, no, she's definitely on her skates because at one point she gets up on her brakes. Oh, okay. Well, that would hold her steady and she could keep the tiptoe. That feels like a terrible idea. <laughs> so she finds these weird scannery things and she magically has a fingerprint sticker at the ready. And uh, takes some fingerprints. And then she calls Sean and um, lets him know that she found some something. And she's like, are you getting anything psychic from scanners? Like handheld scanners? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> Copying devices aren't great for psychics. Now, if they were three hole punchers, different story. And then he's like, and she tells him that Westwood left. She threw her some lies and left the building. And Sean, who is on his way to the roller derby arena or rink or whatever it is, um, starts describing Westwood because he can see her from where he is. And Juliet literally goes, wait, you can see her? He goes, in my cabeza, Jules. <laughs> he refers to her terrible, terrible belt. Yes, terrible, terrible. I thought he was going to say hair, and I was like, oh, no, he didn't, and he didn't. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Juliet's like, if you find anything, call Lassiter. He hangs up with Juliet and immediately says, I'm not calling Lassiter. So they're following her because she gets into her actually kind of cool, really old Toyota truck. They're following her, and Gus keeps complaining that Sean's following too close and that she's going to see them. And oh my God, is that a body? Is that a body? That's a body. No, it's not a body. You are, you are letting all of your studying get to your head. Sweet fantasy island, that is a body. <laughs> and then they follow her. She dumps a whole bunch of stuff. They run up as soon as she leaves. And they're like, wait, so no body? And then all of a sudden something floats up to the surface of this body of water. And then Gus runs away. Actually, Not screaming like a little girl, but pretty close. He's like, <laughs> and <laughs> I just heard, Gus, he gone. <laughs> and Sean is like, wait, dude. I don't know why, but it's now light of day. Apparently it took SVPD all night to get there to find this dead body. I thought it was like eight o'clock. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Okay. It was dark earlier. Now it's light. I'm confused. Okay. Um, the body wasn't a body. It was a mannequin. And Lassie says, yeah, I would question the uh, victim, but I don't speak mannequin. Not only was the mannequin there, but so was all of the merchandise from the previous burglaries. Chief tells uh, Sean good work. And God, she asked a question, but I didn't write it down. There's like some math stuff going on where Sean's like. Oh, I wrote that down. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's holding the mannequin arm and he starts and she's like, where do we go from here? And he starts going four, four, five. And Lester goes, nine? And he's like, no, four times five. Twenty. And he goes, twenty. Five. And twenty. Five times twenty. One hundred? And then minus four times four times five. Eighty. Minus eighty. Twenty. And he's like, skater twenty. It was skater twenty. That is, of course, Westwood. But he knows it's bigger than just Westwood. And uh, Chief tells him she needs more. And he goes, Juliet's close. At this uh, moment, Sean is like petting Lassiter with the mannequin's hand. <laughs> and then said, like, we need to go back to Zilks to check some stuff out. And then he and Gus sort of bicker while they walk away. We see Wild make a phone call. She can see, she's watching this. She tells whomever she's on the phone with that the cops found everything. Uh, and that um, Maniac's fame boys are here. Yeah, so I guess that she's on the phone with Fox. Yeah. 
And she said, Westwood messed up again, big. And the a person, when she says that Maniac's fanboys are here and working with the cops, the person on the other end of the line goes, are we compromised? And Wilde says, after we deal with Westwood, we're going to have a little talk with Maniac. Zilks, such a weird store. <laughs> Gus is dressed in the exact outfit of one of the mannequins. There's hideous stripes. They're hideous stripes. Gus said, I didn't copy his look. They're obviously copying my look. Ah, uh, yes. I thought I saw Tony Hilfiger hiding in the bushes, taking notes or sketches. Sketching you. Sketching you. Uh, Sean follows the skate marks that he originally saw and notices that they lead to an employee-only office. He tells Gus to stand outside and keep watch because Gus refuses to go in. But as soon as he opens the door, he frightens the living crap out of a woman. Who picks up the phone and starts screaming that there's a code blue. And then she picks up her teeny tiny bottle of pepper spray and the boys flail. (laughs) We're not here to rob you. And the girl said, your buddy stole the clothes right off the mannequin. So before Stuart, um, Sean tries to introduce himself and Gus, but he runs out of ideas for cool names. (laughs) This this episode has soaked up all the cool names. We do find out that this is the credit department. And every Friday, today's Friday apparently, uh, the credit card applications from the previous week get shredded. Yeah, and now that Stuart has vouched for our boys, Stuart the Honey McCotty security guard guy, um, they are getting all the answers. And Sean puts it together. That um, if this place was hit right before they shred the credit card applications, and they didn't want any of the merchandise that they stole as a cover. And they had hand scanners. (sighs) Calls Juliet. I'm getting strong messages. The first one is from Keanu Reeves. He lives in a house I built on a lake two years in the past. The second is... You're using the hand scanners to steal information off credit card applications. Ooh, identity theft. So then Jules is intercepted by members of her team. They're like, Maniac, come with us, Maniac. And Sean's like, who is that? And then it's just over. And we're like, danger? Question mark? Sean and Gus pull up to the roller derby. They are very worried about Juliet. And they think that these people might be onto her until he sees her handmade bracelet on the ground. Yeah, one of the, it's a derby thing, bracelets. And then they see Westwood's truck. So they go to the truck. Very, very slowly, they open up the back, and then they open up the tail bed. And there's a dead person, but it's Westwood. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) What do you mean, thank goodness, Sean? This is a person. There's a dead person. Would you rather have been Juliet? Fine. Next time we see Juliet, I'll I'll tell her you wished she was dead. They go inside to see what's actually up, and if Juliet's okay. And And one way or another is playing on the background. One way or another, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. Okay, so here's the thing. It's a really weird choice to go ahead with your match after you just committed murder yeah. and plan, plan to maim another teammate. <laughs> um, I don't understand the decision, but keep keep being stupid, criminals. Just, just do it. Fox, again, as the jammer Pulls a piece of tape, just like she did before, but this time she tags Juliet. And we see Wilde literally sending other members of the teams after Juliet. Like, dude, what the H? So, <laughs> I wrote weird flex, but okay. And Gus 
comes to the rescue on skates and he's like, I'm tired of you saying I'm not contributing, Sean. I'm going to do something about this. Gus said, if we don't catch them, they're going to make a run for it once they get Juliet. And then um, Gus knocks Wild out of the way while trying to protect Juliet and then gets hit by two other women. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, the rest of the team takes him down. <laughs> um, and then Fox is headed straight for Sean. And, and Juliet clotheslines him. Her. And Juliet clotheslines her. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Sean is making bring it hand signals. And I'm just like, boy, you dead. And then <laughs> flying out of left field is Juliet. Yeah, full clothesline. It is beautiful. And it's funny because the the, the woman who plays Westwood was actually a um, wrestling woman mm-hmm. person. I don't, I don't know which one she was in, but in like the late 90s, early aughts, she was like, it has pictures holding a belt like she was a champion <laughs> the rest of the skaters we have a full-on like multi-skater pileup going on with the exception of juliet and sean is very thankful outside of the roller derby we find out that four suspects have been arrested and it was all about stealing identities before we move on where are these other two suspects I think they were just, like, the other team members trying to attack Juliet. We see Wild and Fox getting arrested, but we never see the other two people. I mean, we don't want to pay the extras. (laughs) (laughs) They just have crappy privileges. (laughs) They break in, they wreak havoc, and then they split before the clock runs out. That's kind of their MO, if you will. So they tell Chief the whole breakdown, and then Sean goes, and that fifth suspect, I'm missing something. I know I'm missing something. Juliet says uh, right after they give the rundown, I got prints, you'll be able to match them. We can identify these suspects. And as Lassiter is taking Fox and Wild in, Sean's like, uh, you'll find your fifth suspect in the back of that truck over there. Unfortunately, she's deceased because she was murdered by her teammates. Like, oh my God. Heartless. Chief Vic congratulates Sean and Gus for Sean and Juliet for a job well done and says that she is uh she said that they worked well together. Sean says, I think so. Also, we're available for future cases. And he starts to name only E cases because apparently after Derby, you need to go to the E's. Extortion, espionage, elephant, elephant um, theft. Elephant theft. <laughs> is, that a, is that a big issue? Oh yeah, big, big problem. <laughs> This is kind of the end of um, the normal scenes, but we do end up back inside the roller derby. All the lights are on, and Sean is in skates. Yeah, surprise! So, <laughs> so Jules is walking in holding skates, and she walks fully in, apparently, before she notices Sean sitting in the chairs. And then it's a big surprise that he's wearing skates. And then he's like, I was just chilling, you know, feeling nostalgic. About that one time we solved a case here. I want to go back to that pin that I put in a long time ago, where we yep. spent $800 on skates. Because Why does she have to return them if she bought them for $800? I think that was just a very a very bad ploy written in to make this scene happen. Or maybe she's lying to Sean and she just wanted to get in some more skate time. Maybe. Okay. Oh, so um, oh. he's like, it's such a shame to have this whole... Uh, track here and, and have nobody skating on it. Also, it's been a while since I've had a good blister. A really good blister. <laughs> he uh, he kind of signals to the guy and we 
lights, the lights go down, and the music come on, come on, and this the is announcer couples only. <laughs> and then Juliet literally goes, Sean, and then a spotlight comes on. So they start skating, and Sean stumbles, and she grabs his arm to steady him, and it's like he's okay, and she goes. You did that on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> he was. And then he keeps trying to hold her hand. And Denied. Touch no your hand a little bit. <laughs> they won't hold hands, but they end up, like, with their hands back to back to one another the entire time. And Space Age Love Song by the Flock of Seagulls is playing. I wrote, I wrote the line, I was falling in love. <laughs> Oh, and that's and that's the very last line of the song as that scene ends. I was falling in love. Mm-hmm. I thought I I thought it was gonna be over, and then we get a bonus scene, <laughs> which makes total sense because we haven't talked about Gus and his exam. We're back at the psych office for one last moment. Gus is trying to take his exam, but it won't let him. It won't let him log in, and then Sean shuts his own computer and goes. Maybe that's because I just took it for you. I can't believe you're still using Chocolate Thunder as your password. Okay, here's my story. Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> okay. Okay, so <clears throat> my very first years in RA, we played um, like other RA in Jeopardy. And one of the questions that we had to answer about ourselves, and then someone else had to guess who it was, was if you were a, a studio wrestler, what would your name be? And of course I said, White Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> and if you said this episode and aired in September of 2009, that would make total sense because. Oh, 2008. Oh. Okay, September well, 5th, 2008. Well, a year later, or two years later, I became an RA, and that's when I used White Chocolate Thunder. Uh-huh. And so I think I must have picked it up from this. Oh, I do think so. Um, and so, you know, we all had to come up with our, our wrestler names, and that was mine White Chocolate Thunder. And they guessed that it was you. Yes. Well, for the record, I didn't realize we were playing this game, and I had told some other people that I, like, I told people that that was what I had called myself because I thought it was funny, and so everyone knew it was me, but. I mean, they would have known it was you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Sean said, it was a little harder than the river raft, river raft test, but way easier than the Secret Service, Secret Service test. And I just answered C if I didn't know the answer. And I nailed it. Or I almost nailed it. Definitely didn't blow it. <laughs> Gus is angry. He studied all week for nothing. But yeah, but that builds character. Sean did say early on that he was going to help him. I love it. I love it when Sean's playing chess and everyone else is just like. <laughs> Gus starts chasing him around the office. Sean is running, and the last thing we hear is him. Screaming like a little girl. Before he screams like a little girl, he says, (laughs) Knowledge is power! Don't you want to feel powerful? I love it. (laughs) Oh, and the screaming like a little girl at the very end before it... Oh my gosh, I died. I died. Oh, it was so beautiful. I love that episode. This is such a good episode. I I really I apologize. We should have had a guest star. It what it wasn't in the cards schedule wise. Like we just didn't make that happen. Yeah, our Juliet would have been perfect. Also, our Juliet 
could do roller derby and probably like kill some people. Um, if we had an Amazon roller derby team, unstoppable. But <laughs> as my coworker loves to remind me, short people play dirty. That's true. Also, um, I have a giant bruise on my back from lifting a TV stand, so I don't know that I would do very well playing roller derby. I have a scar that looks like a bullet wound from nice. failing at a box jump one time. So. Okay, so the uh, story of this is maybe we wouldn't be a good roller derby team. <laughs> We'd look impressive. I was about to say, but we would look so good. <laughs> So I don't know that we've ever told the, the Amazon story on our podcast before. Ooh, fun facts. But um, at, at 510, Kaylee and I are, are the short ones of our friend group. We're not the short ones. We just have an extra tall one. <laughs> we have, our, our, there's, there's like four of us. We call ourselves Amazons and 510 is the, the small one. Uh, but like... Six one is the big one. So here's how I thought. I thought somebody was five nine. A couple of us are five ten. One of us is six foot, and her younger sister is six two. Right. We have a bonus Amazon who's six two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's for real. Um, but it's funny. My bachelorette party was a couple of a couple of years ago now, and all of my my girls are are Amazons, and then all of my girls from my current kind of living situation are, are not. And so one night I was, <laughs> I was like a little bit uh, enough vodka and I, I saluted a toast to the fact that my Amazons and my pygmies finally got getting together. <laughs> because uh, uh, again, uh, like I am, I am absolutely an Amazon compared to all of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm the tallest person at work by a good, like a solid two inches. So that that is, if you hear us refer to Amazons, that helps you explain it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, come up again. I'm sure it will. I um, we got Stuart, the security guard. I feel like in lieu of Buzz. Buzz, I agree. I do like Stuart. He's got a he's got a himbo vibe. You know, he's he's chiseled. He's dumb. He's beautiful, but he's a good guy. Yeah. He's got a heart of gold. Just like our Buzz McNabb. Just like Buzz McNabb. I love a himbo. <laughs> but definitely, definitely love all the puns in this episode. I definitely love the footage in this episode. I, I have I have no huge complaints except for the skates. Who? I'm, am I thinking of an episode of Psych or something completely different? I kept expecting Henry to go undercover as some kind of security guard again. I I keep, I don't know what I'm thinking of, but like getting getting in with like a sports team or, or, or something by posing as another thing. So they're ha- having undercover in tandem. I don't. So I think Sean gets the yips. Is that? It might be that episode. We'll see. we'll see. It might be the episode where they go and play football, where Sean is the kicker and Gus is the trainer. I'm okay. I am so excited because my husband and I are watching Friday Night Lights on Netflix. And I hate myself watching spectator sports or media about spectator sports. Like, 
sports movies that are all like underdog story or or you know I mean I hate myself how involved I become <laughs> I can't watch boxing movies I cannot do it the new, the new Creed movies I can't I'm a monster <laughs> so as far as sports related series are concerned may I recommend Ted Lasso on oh, Apple TV oh 1000% oh my gosh I am he is the Leslie Nope of sports I love it Everything about Ted Lasso, I adore. Okay, my partner has not seen it yet. I keep telling him I'm going to force it on him because the next season will be out eventually. Yes, he, he yes. needs to watch it for sure. We just finished the end of season two and I'm I'm hooked. Like, we were we were just watching them like five episodes at a time because I was so hooked on it. I was like, I gotta go. What happens next? Please oh, let it be Sam. Yeah, I was really, really into it. Okay. Um, I think that's enough podcasting for today. I am Alexis. I have a test, remember? No pass, no job. No job, no driving you around. And I'm Kaylee. Or maybe I should have said NC no help. Or Dr. Do Nothing, because you're bringing nothing to the table. And this has been... To the Blueberry! Psych out.